Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today you're going to hear from Coach Sean Calhoun. Coach Calhoun is currently the head football coach at Vestavia Hills High School in Vestavia Hills, Alabama. He's an incredible man of God, husband to Kelly, dad to three kids. I cannot wait for you to hear from him, so let's jump right into it. So thanks for joining me today, Coach Calhoun. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for having me. You bet. So I like to start this out with some background information. I know there's a lot of listeners that may not be familiar with with you and your background. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, and then a little bit about your family today. Yes, sir. So I I was I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, grew up in Lawrenceville, uh, suburb um, in Gwinnett County, so suburb of Atlanta. Uh, a lot of big time football in uh, Gwinnett County, Georgia, and. I got a real small family, just uh, my mom, dad, and my brother. Uh, my brother's a firefighter right now in Georgia. Um, my mom's from Jacksonville, Florida. My dad was born and raised in downtown Atlanta. And just, you know, just grew up around sports. Um, my dad played, mom, mom played. Obviously, me and my brother played and, you know, just kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything and really just kind of focused on I just really fell in love with football and basketball. Uh, those were those were kind of me and my brothers too, and just played it all the time. And you know, I went to Burkmar High School in Lilburn, Georgia. Just you know, just an average, just five and five, six and four football team. Uh, ran the wing tee, um, so I know all about the wing tee offense, and uh, knew I wanted to go try try to play somewhere in college. Uh, in the state of Georgia, they have the Hope Scholarship. So if you have over a 3.0, the state the state lottery kind of funds that. And so um, I was the first one of my family to kind of go to college. And uh, so end up going to Valdosta State University in South Georgia. I'm a really good Division II school. Uh, my head coach was Chris Hatcher, who's now the head coach at Samford, one uh, AA school in Birmingham. And when I got there, the staff was fantastic. Uh, Will Muschamp was on the staff. Kirby Smart was on the staff. And there's about two or three others that are uh, major uh, college football players. So um, that was my first glimpse of seeing uh, basically, you know, if you can build a depth of staff and if your coaching staff can be really good, you know, it just takes your program to another level. You know I mean? It can't just be the head coach or just a coordinator. I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be as many good quality coaches on the staff that you can have. And I knew I wasn't going to the NFL or CFL or arena or, or, or anything by that nature. Um, one, I was a walk-on, actually a two-year walk-on, uh, got cut my first year and then just was persistent and just stuck with it and, and, and ended up earning a scholarship and had, and, and had a great time there and was a backup quarterback for the, uh, for the 04 national championship team. And then just kind of got into coaching and uh, I was a GA my first year at Northern State University in Aberdeen, South Dakota, um, which was a far, far, far away from home. And you kind of never know where the good Lord uh, is going to take you or why he's sending you here and there. And about three weeks into the job, I go and watch a volleyball game and I see exactly why he brought me up there. There's a beautiful little setter, blonde and running around. And I'm like, I got to meet her. That was in 05. So now it's 2021. So fast forward 16 years. She's my wife. And we got and we got an 11-year-old boy named Cade, um, a nine-year-old girl named Cora, and a six-year-old girl named Cambry. And um, but uh finished finished GA in there. And then I came back down to Valdosta State and coached for two more years. And I was a coach on 
the 07 national championship team. So I was, so I was a member of one as a player and a coach. And then we just got into high school coaching and started our first two years in a little old double a South Georgia, Nashville, Georgia. A lot of people doesn't even know that Nashville, Georgia exists um, for Nashville, Tennessee, of course, but um, great place that, that, you know, that that's where I got my first coordinating spot. And then in the next four years, I was at Collins Hill high school in Swanee, Georgia. Uh, really good. That that's when I just, you know, really uh, started to learn a lot um, was with was with a, a really good head coach guy named Kevin Reach and, and um, just really started learning and kind of kind of took off from there. Um, we were in the highest classification of Georgia and um, coached a kid named Taylor Heineke, who actually threw a touchdown yesterday for the uh, for the Washington team. And so he was there. So. When you got some of those kids, they make you really good coaches. And um, so when he was there, I was a really good coach. And we were there for four years and had real good years, semifinal one year and uh, quarterfinal in 13. And uh, started getting the head coach niche, you know, started going on some head coach interviews and uh, was getting real close. And, you know, and I was a finalist for, for up for a couple and just kind of seemed like, you know, there might be something that I was missing. And so I took the offensive coordinator job at Colquitt County High School in South Georgia. Uh, Rush Probst was the head coach. And professionally, it was a move that I couldn't that I couldn't pass up. Um, I wanted to learn how to be a head coach. And in my opinion, um, he's he's the best that that I that I that I've been around um, and just went down there and 14 and 15 and that train was rolling then. And so I just, I just jumped on and it was two magical years. Uh, we went 30 and 0 back to back state champions and wow. broke, broke scoring records. And it was just, it was, it was, it was, um, it seems like a dream <laughs> and, uh, but it was fantastic, but that kind of got me to where I wanted to go and uh, to be, and to be a head coach. And so I, and so I took over in 16 at Carrollton high school, about 45 minutes West of Atlanta um, just a real, just an awesome town. Um, love, loves their football. And I was there the last five, five years. We won 51 games and quarterfinals every year. And, um, we're just very, very, very competitive. And then, um, again, you just don't know why and where the good Lord's going to take you. And, uh, so January of 21, I accepted the Vestavia Hills high school head, head job in, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So we are, that's where we are right now, and we're four games into the season, getting ready for game five this week. So that's kind of a that's kind of a quick little synop, uh, synopsis of, I guess, of my short career. Yeah, and talk about you know you mentioned being at Best Davy Hills now, and I mean talk about following a, a Alabama high school coaching legend. I guess Coach Anderson at Best Davy Hills was there for decades. You know, yes, so here you are coming in. So talk about you know following a guy like that and, you know, maybe any added pressure and then what type of culture, you know, how would you describe the program that you're building there? So obviously it's not normal to take over for a guy that's, that's been, that was the head coach here. He was the head coach here for 43 seasons. And, you know, just to say that, it, I mean, that's longer than I've been alive. And, um, and then he's been a, and then he's been an employee of the school system for 48. So he was here as an assistant before he got the head job. And so to say that Coach Anderson is an institution here is obviously a, uh, a giant understatement. Um, one of the 
one of the best things that I had to do was when I got here was just start meeting with him. And he was gracious enough to start meeting with me, you know, and I just want to know, you know, history and background and people in the community. Cause I mean, who better to talk to than him. And uh, you know, he, the foundation that he is, that he's laid here uh, very hardworking, you know, re, you know, uh, respectful, you know, do your job, you know, a very, very faith-based um, coach still leaves an FCA uh, group every Wednesday. Um, he's done that for as long as he's been here. And so a lot of those traits that he fully believes in and pours in his program aligns with exactly what I do. And, um, you know, and, uh, and just, you know, I, I don't, Stuart, I don't think it's pressure, you know, um, mm-hmm. no one, no one's going to have a higher, um, you know, uh, no one's going to hold myself to the highest standard other than myself. You know I mean? I want to win every game, you know, and I want to, I want to, I want I want to be the best. I think every coach wants to be the best at what they do. And, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of my mindset and kind of my work ethic, but um, this place wasn't broken by, by, by any means, you know, I'm just, I'm just, coming in here and I'm really just trying to put a fresh coat of paint on it, you know, some new tires and, um, you know, and, and uh, just, but just continue that hard work and mentality and, you know, and trying to play great football for four quarters and, you know, and try to, and try to lead these student athletes to become better human beings, you know, off the field and, you know, just, and just kind of build, build on that foundation for sure. You mentioned uh, faith being a part of that of what coach Anderson built there and you're continuing that on. So give us a snapshot, if you will, of your faith journey. Um, you know, at what point did you realize, you know, you needed that relationship with Jesus and then, you know, what role does your faith play in, in your coaching? You know, that, that's a great question. You know, I think you get a lot of those answers. Um, you know, obviously this is speaking for me, you know, kind of, kind of when I became saved, you know, when I became saved and when I wasn't, I, I think we're probably always going to be lost to some, to, you know, to some degree because, because, you know, it's just our human nature, but, you know, really lost, you know, like when I was a young coach, you know, thought the only way to coach was yelling and cussing and screaming. And, you know, I mean, you, you know, that, that's what you, that, that's what you see on TV. Some that's what you see, you know, sometimes you go to clinics and this and that, and I think everybody has their own, has their own techniques and their own uh, delivery. And I think that kind of changes with the culture and the players and everything that you're around. But, you know, just kind of the more I started, you know, uh, becoming a Christian, you know, it just, I mean, it really changed, it really changed the way that I coached. And, um, you know, and for me, you know, it's been, it's been a very positive spin on it obviously, you know, doing devotions with the team and, you know, trying to get them to lead it and, you know, and trying to get, you know, some, some of our coaches involved and, you know, cause I gotta, I gotta assume that these kids don't ever hear the two words, Jesus Christ. And, mm. you know, and I think a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them do, you know, I mean, you're in the South, you know, you're in the Bible belt, you know, yeah, I mean, they are, but I don't know that. And even if it's five out of a team of a hundred that have never heard it and they, ended up hearing it from me or sometime during our devotion time or, um, you know, then that's been a, that's been a big time success. And obviously our devotions and stuff are always optional. You know, I mean, you can't make any that mandatory and we, you know, we definitely do not, but we definitely have a, a really good turnout there. And, 
again, I, I think when you're trying to attack the whole person, um, the spiritual aspect of it and the spiritual side of it, you know, is something that, that I would love for those kids to believe in, you know, to believe in a higher power. So yes, sir. I like, I like what you said, you know, you have to assume they never heard of Jesus Christ and living in the South. I think we, we often assume the other, we often assume everybody's heard of Jesus. And so we don't, we don't bring it down to the basics. And I, I, I love that because, because you're right, just because you live in the heart of the Bible belt doesn't mean that every kid in Best Davy Hills knows Jesus. Now they probably have heard of him, but you know, I think that's a wrong assumption to think that everyone has a relationship with him. I like that. That's awesome. Yes, sir. So how do you, you know, you mentioned um having three kids. So how do you balance the demands, especially coming into a new position, um, a new job that you know, like you said, putting a fresh coat of paint, changing the tires. How do you balance the demands of that with being a husband and a dad? Uh, simple answer, have, having a great wife. Hmm. And because obviously, you know, I mean, I'm a, you know, I mean, she's a single parent for a lot of, a lot of the year. You know, there's a, I mean, everybody's heard, you know, it takes, you know, it takes a special woman to be a, you know, to be a coach's wife and, you know, and then I think football coach and wife's different, you know, different than other sports. Um, they're all, they're all, they're all demanding, but you know, I mean, there's just, there, there's something about football, you know, cause it is a, it is a bear, it's a beast. And, um, you know, I mean, she, I mean, she runs the household and uh, her name's Kelly and, you know, she's the athlete of the family. She's the brain, she's the looks, you know, she's the, she's, she's the everything. And, so if I didn't have her, I, I, you know, I would fail miserably. Um, but obviously, you know, this is a very family oriented program. Um, you know, coaches have something to do, you know, I definitely want them to not miss as much stuff as they can, you know, with their, um, you know, with their, with their own children. I mean, is there some stuff that we may have to miss or be late to, you know, unfortunately, yes. I mean, that's why, you know, I mean, that's, that's some of the, I guess the side effects are, you know, the domino effect of when you, you know, when you take a job, especially when your kids play the sport that you're coaching, you know, um, we have one son and so he's playing football now. So, you know, I try to make it to as many practices as I can. Um, definitely not going to try to miss many games, but you know, um, would I like to go to more things? Absolutely. You know, but, um, signed up for a job with, you know, with the high school coaching. So, um, it definitely is a delicate balance and, you know, and you just gotta, you just gotta make time, you know, I mean, there's just times that I gotta, I gotta put the computer down or put my notepad down and you, you know, and my son wants to go outside and throw the football, you know, and I just, you know, I have to do that because there's probably gonna be one day that he doesn't want to play with me and, you know, and I'll have all the time in the world then. And, you know, just to think about that, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, I, I don't want to think about that yet. So, um, just gotta, just gotta have priorities and time management. I've got three in high school. And so those days do come. Yes, sir. You know, when they don't want to play with you as much and um, it's different, but you know, it's, it's just that stage of life. So I like that. I like how you said, you know, you want to make that a, a priority. Um, it's no secret that our culture's divided, right? I mean, and this isn't a political question. I don't, I don't want to get good on that road, but we're divided on a lot of things. And I'm not, I'm not talking about just race, but it, there's so many things that divide us, but athletics 
especially football, just has a unique way of bringing people together. So in your experience as player, coach, how have you seen um, football be that that piece that, that brings people together versus tearing people apart? You know, it, it's, it's kind of hard exactly to put into words, but what a football season, and then on top of that, what a successful football season can, <laughs> you know, can really do for the community, the school. You know, Vestavia Hills is a community that I've never been a part of when it comes to the demographics, when it comes to the socioeconomic, you know, status and way different than than where I was in Georgia, way different than what I was in South Georgia. So I've kind of seen I've kind of seen every, you know, every side of, you know, of, um, you know, just all those intangibles with the community and the common denominator is football and the common denominator is, you know, we're red, white, and blue here. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, you know, what race you are on those Friday nights, everybody's red, white, and blue, you know, and, you know, I've been in a place that, you know, it was black and gold and, you know, and wherever, you know, whatever your right. school colors are, it's like everybody puts those on and everybody's there for one common goal. And that's to see the team do good and to see, you know, and to see the team win and, and then on top of that, you know, obviously with your, you know, with your team, you know, just all, just all the lessons that you learn and, um, you know, and, and, you know, and everything like that. But um, that's why sports is, you know, sports is amazing. And that's why football is because you truly depend on each other. You know, you're truly a part of something that's bigger than yourself. You know, um, that very rarely in football does one guy just take over, you know, and I mean, it's very hard to do. I mean, you need the other 10 on the field doing, doing their job. So somebody can succeed and, you know, and, and it's the same thing um, in the community, you know, whether it's business or, you know, the civic organizations or anything, you know, right. everything, everything just kind of connected and intertwined. That's good. I like that because it's true. I mean, people argue all the time over football being too big in some areas, but to me, it's a beautiful picture of of how Christ designed the church. Everybody's got their role. Um, and on football, like you said, you're not going to have one person can't carry a team like, like in other sports. So I think it's a beautiful picture of the church, big C of everybody doing their, their role. We have unity and ultimate success. And um, I, I, I can't, I had the opportunity to talk to Bill Curry about that very thing. Cause he's got a, just an incredible um, story of the impact called the huddle. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of yes. people have seen on, on, on YouTube's had the opportunity actually on the podcast to talk to him about that. And he just does a beautiful job of explaining that. Um, and I just think that's something that we often overlook because it's, it's a simplistic picture, but we complicate it um, and try to make it about sports being too big without looking at, at the point of it. So I, I like that. Um, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the style, different styles of coaching and, you know, there is a lot of profanity and I've, you know, I've heard coaches even in the last year or two talk about you have to do that. And then you have the Tony Dungies that come out and go, you don't have to do that. You know, I had success. I never yelled. Um, and now being a parent, I pay close attention to that. I have two sons that play football. And so I'm always looking at how their coaches coach and then how other coaches coach. So how do you balance? Um, because you, there's nothing wrong with demanding excellence, but, but how do you balance that degrading versus being demanding? 
Great question. I do think it is on an individual basis. You know, uh, you know your players. You can't treat them all the same in the aspect of Timmy over here. I may be able to yell at him in front of the whole team. He's fine with it. He can take it. He goes, he's just going to say, yes, sir, or he's not going to say a word, and he's just going to get it fixed. Well, Johnny over here, I can't do that to Johnny. Johnny will go in a shell, and he will shut down. So, Johnny, I may have to go over there, and you just talk to him shoulder to shoulder. And mm. so, you know, I think you just got to know your players there. I think there's a time, you know, there's a time to yell and scream, you know, if, you know, if that's your thing. And then there's a time to not, you know, just, you know, for us, you know, kind of, um, you know, beginning of the week, you know, we're going to be a lot more hard on them. Closer we get to Friday, you know, they need to feel like they're invincible. And um, whether that's, you know, you're still, you're still not going to not coach and not correct. Right. But you may do it a little bit differently, you know, the closer it gets to, you know, to Friday and, you know, and then sometimes on game night, you may be a little bit different than you are in practice just because it is game night. You know, I mean, you can't have kids shut down on you or you may say something to motivate them because it is the game. And um, but again, I think it kind of goes back to your, you know, to your to your to your question. I thought that there was only one way of doing it. You know, and there's not. And I think different things work for different coaches. And, um, you know, and mine has definitely changed and definitely adapted over the years for sure. Um, absolutely. That's that's a good I like that, that you have to know your players individually and that it's just like parenting. Right. I can't I've got three absolutely. kids. You know, yes. I can't I can't treat each one of mine the exact same um, because they have different Great personalities. Point. Yeah, that's good. Um, a lot of our listeners are student athletes and, and, and coaches. Um, quite a few coaches listen to this. Um, so how would, what advice would you offer that coach that um, understands the platform of athletics as far as from a faith perspective? How would you encourage them to use that platform to be bold in their faith? Great question. Um, you know, I do think that it is an issue that a lot of people, you know, I mean, tiptoe kind of walk on eggshells, you know, just because of the whole church and state. And, and I get that. And I'm never going to do anything, you know, to get the school in hot water or, you know, or to get yourself in, but I'm also not going to not glorify the Lord either, mm. you know, and um, like one of my big opportunities, any, you know, anytime I'm 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 interviewed after the after a football game, no no matter what the score is, no matter if we won or we didn't have enough points, you know, some people say you just run out of time. Um, you know, I I I always I always thank the Lord, you know, always. And 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 like when you start meshing in devotions and stuff like this with your team, um, obviously, you know, it's optional, but I think I really do. I, I think it's big for the head coach to be involved. You know, if the head coach, you know, if, you know, if he believes in that stuff um, and again, this kind of, you know, kind of my, my perspective, I think, and then, you know, if your team's able to go through something, you know um, you know, there's teammates that are going through stuff and family, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on when you have so many, so many players 
And I think anytime you can kind of bring that to the forefront and you can kind of rally behind that player or that family and, again, kind of, you know, have small prayer groups for them and just any just any way to kind of just kind of mix that in with your team, um, you know, that's that's great. Like we have a linebacker coach here. I think every Monday morning he meets with his linebackers, you know, and they have a small little devotion for about five or ten minutes. And, you know, because – there's so many, there's so much stuff in the Bible. Obviously that's that, that, that teaches us about life, of course, and to get along with other people and, you know, and, uh, but, but there's so many lessons to be learned in sports that, you know, that, that is in the Bible. It's so, it translates so well. So um, I think the more that you can integrate that into your program, but I also think too, that especially the head coach, I think, I think if you talk it, you better walk it. And, mm. and, the, and, you know, and those kids, those kids, those kids being your players, you know, they, you know, they got to see it. Like I've had, I've had parents talk to me, you know, like my wife will come up to the field house or, you know, she'll help with the food or she'll be at practice. And, you know, like I want my players seeing me hug my wife. I want them seeing me kiss my wife. You know, I mean, I want them a lot like this is how you treat a woman. And I want them to, to see my kids coming up and me playing with my kids and my kids playing with them. And um, again, that's not all, you know, they may not immediately translate it to scripture by by any means. But we're trying to be as Christ like as possible because they because they need to see us living that out, mm-hmm. you know, outside of our outside of our two hours a day practice or a 50 minute lift or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. You better talk it. I mean, if you talk it, you better walk it. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, yeah, that's, that's excellent. And you talked about, you know, a lot in the Bible um, about life, treating others, but also, you know, you can draw some to even encourage athletes. So I like to ask, do you have a favorite or life verse or is there a verse that God has shown you recently that you'd share? So I always write on my game plan uh, sheet, uh, Joshua 1.5, you know, he's talking about, you know, just that the Lord is never going to, you know, never going to, never going to leave you, uh, never going to forget you. And that always encourages me because obviously everybody's, everybody's going through something. Either we're going through it or we're, or we just got out of something or, you know, we don't know what's going on and, you know, just always, you know, always seeing that, you know, really helps me, you know, and he basically says the same thing in the new Testament, you know, Matthew 28, 20, you know, where he's telling the disciples, you know, go to all ends of the earth and, you know, and share the gospel. But he says, you know, I will be with you always Mm. and may not physically, obviously, um, you know, but he's always there. And, and that doesn't always mean, you know, and I think, I think, I think some people, can get this confused. You can be a great Christian and not win a lot of football games. And, you know, and that's, I think sometimes hard for people to, you know, to kind of, you know, to kind of understand that, you know, things may not go your way in your, in your profession and you may not understand it, you know, or you may have success for a period and not, or the other way around. And, um, you know, but, but you can always, may not win a lot of games, but you can win a lot of lives, you know, and you can win a lot of, 
you can win a lot of hearts and change a lot of change a lot of lives and you can have your life changed too so writing that down may not win a lot of games but you can win a lot of lives that's good because you know I think a lot of people do think you know if I as a Christian coach then why am I not having success you know does God not favor my program or but I think it goes back to you said something a, a while ago about after every game um, you're not going to not glorify God. And I think too many times as believers in athletics, it's easy to glorify God when we win or set a record or have success. But glorifying God is not just when the score's in our favor or the stats are in our favor. It's, it, you know, people are really watching when we're losing. There know? is, there you know, is and, no doubt about it. And like I had one of the biggest moments of my life. So in 2019, we get a football player diagnosed with cancer, um, mm. di- diagnosed in May. Um, actually, April, um, it, it was the day before his senior prom. Or uh, Yeah, and, um, well, he, did, he, was a, he was a junior because he had second semester junior. And so, he's, and so he's battling it, battles it all season. You know, so that's kind of our rallying cry, you know, Boom, we're winning games, winning games, winning games. We we beat a team we've never beaten before, and we're we're rolling. We're 10-0, um, you know, win the first two rounds of state playoffs. You know, we're 12-0. Well, the, well, the player dies November 16th, and so we got to go play that third – actually, got to go play the second round after that win. Well, it was – we fell in the trap of we're destined – we're destined to win the state championship. You know, God is, you know, God is on our side. I mean, he, he took our brother away. So we're going to win a state championship. And, you know, we talked about, you know, giving him a state championship ring and, you know, giving it to mom and dad. And we go to game 13 and the team kicks, uh, going up against a really good team. And uh, they kick a field goal and beat us by three with no time remaining. And to talk to that team, about that exact thing because we fell in the we we just we fell in the trap that the lord was on our side but you know what he was on our side and he was with us the whole time and just because we didn't win a state championship doesn't doesn't mean that he wasn't with us you know and to tell 14 15 16 17 year olds you know and try to wrap their head around that and mine too you know i mean i was trying to not fall into that trap you know, I mean, it had been like one of those things that you can make into a movie. I mean, you know, and it didn't happen. So, you know, it was something that I that that you don't read about in a you know in a book about how to go through that. You know, I would love. You see all these coaching clinics. Um, I've talked about this since 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 that day. I would love for there to be breakout sessions about that. Coaches speak about the loss of a player. Coaches speaking about the loss of an assistant coach during the season. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? You know? And for me, you know, uh, if you, if you don't have the Lord, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I just, I don't know. So I know that was often a little tangent, but that kind of, that kind of related to what we were talking about. No, that's excellent. I think that goes to, you know, glorifying God and the, the good times and the bad, but also it goes back to the verses you shared too, that, you know, we're all going through something and just that that promise 
and that that hope that no matter where we are, what we're going through, that he's always with us. You know, it's not just he's with us when things are good or when things are bad. It's with us all the time. And, you know, and we're here to glorify him in the good and the bad. Um, yeah, absolutely. I like that. That's good. I appreciate it. Um, you know, one more question um, I like to ask at the very end, if you don't mind. It's, um, you know, two words all over sports, all in. Um and you know you you see it on I think Clemson's got on chin straps, but no matter no matter the sport you hear it in breaking out huddles and team themes, but it's also in the New Testament when Jesus is talking about being a follower of His, it's it's all in. It's denying yourself, taking up your cross. It's not um, something we do halfway. So what does that look like on a practical sense in your personal relationship with Christ to be all daily all in with Him? It's to, you know, you're, I mean, you're doing everything to be Christ-like. I mean, to me, that's as, that's as simple as I can say it. And, and what's, you know, ironic or whatever you want to say, that's so easy for us to say, and we fail at it miserably. And amen uh, on that, you know, and, and it's just something that we just, that you just got to continue to work on. Like you, you know, you preach to your players about, you know, getting better in the weight room, classroom field and, you know, but you know, we all got to get better at being better Christians, you know, from just something that you think about, something that you say, something that, you know, you couldn't handle a situation different. And, you know, um, you know, sometimes saying I'm sorry to somebody or, you know, saying thank you and this and that, and um, you know, just, you know, I try to wake up every morning, you know, um, I got my alarm set, you know, and, I, you know, and I got the little pray hand emojis, you know, and, you know, and I say, you know, um, and it says on there, thank you, Lord, for another day, mm. you know, and um, just something cliche, but, you know, just, I just, I try not to take things for granted, you know, um, try to, you know, try to enjoy it. And again, sometimes as a coach, that's hard when you're not winning as much, you know, this season has been tough. That's the first, you know, I'm going through a season, a, a life season right now, um, in my football season that I've never, that I've never experienced in my life, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, the good Lord is, you know, is testing me. There is no doubt. And I read something the other day, you know, cause I was in my feelings and, you know, and feeling bad, and, you know, just, you know, just, you know, just not, not being what I should have been. And guy had a quote that said, every storm eventually runs out of rain. And I was like, that's, that was, that was, that was pretty profound. And, um, it was just what I needed at the time. Um, but I think the more you can get into scripture, more you can read the Bible, more you can, whether it's a daily devotional, two, three, four, five minutes, um, carving out time, you know, I've, you know, I had, a, I had a great friend tell me whatever you're going to wear the next morning, um, put it under your bed far, far enough. So every morning you got to get on your knees, you know, mm. and, you know, and, you know, it's kind of a little, metaphor symbolism and then you know and then really getting on your knees and you know first thing you do in the morning i was like that's you know you know that's kind of cool and um just carving out time because you i mean you can't be all in you know if you if you don't carve out any time that's good that's uh, that's excellent because we're all you know we we get busy and you know it's not always the easiest thing for us to do because at least for me, I wake up with things on my mind of, okay, I need to do this this morning, this today, this, this, and this. And then next thing you know, I've totally blown 
blown off the most important thing I need to do just because my, you know, you wake up, your mind's always, always racing. That's, that's, that's a good reminder of being Christ-like in all things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's like you said, it sounds simple, but you know, when, when somebody figures out the, the key to it, um, I, I think I want to know, I, I, I want to know the, the secret to it. Cause that's something I struggle with, you know, oh, there, there is, there is no doubt. Like it's a, you know, for us Christians, I mean, obviously, I mean, it, it is the, you know, the basis of everything that we do, but, you know, and, you know, if you're not a pastor or not a, you know, they battle the same things we do. Absolutely. You know, but, you know, quote, you know, we're not getting paid, you know, paid to read the Bible, you know, so it's like, it's, it's such a big part of our life, but it's one of the first things that we just push to the side. Yep. And, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, topic that we could all have a big old men's group or, you know, a small group about, you just talk for hours about, you know, why and this and that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know. Um, yes, sir. So that's good. Well, I appreciate your time. I know we, you know, is both of us have busy schedules and, but I think that it's always God's timing when things come together like this. I appreciate your time and be willing to, to, to be on here and encourage us. Yes, sir. And, and I, and I, and I greatly appreciate it. And obviously today's a special day. It's my birthday today. So well, happy birthday. Um, thank you very much. You know, and just, and just get able to, you know, to talk to you a little bit and, um, you know, and always talk about the Lord and, you know, and obviously everything that I, that I talk about, you know, obviously, I think a lot of things that we talk about, you know, um, we're talking about ourselves first, you know, and, you know, so, um, but I greatly appreciate your time. It's been great. Awesome. Thanks again to Coach Calhoun for taking time to to join us and to share his story and to encourage us. I know I was encouraged. Uh, just looking over my notes, there's quite a bit, but um, I'm never not going to give God the glory. Um, another little nugget I wrote down was, if you talk it, you better walk it. Um, and being all in is being Christ-like in all things. Um, the last thing I'm going to mention, because I could just keep going on and on, is we may not win a lot of games, but I want to win a lot of lives. And I think as coaches, that's the goal, right? Yes, you want to win games on the field, but using this platform um, to share Jesus is about winning lives. So I hope you've been encouraged. I'd ask you to share this episode with a family member or a friend, somebody that you can think of that might need some encouragement. If you're not a subscriber, I'd encourage you to subscribe. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now, just click the subscribe button. Um, Lastly, we love to hear from you. You can go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in the search bar, type in All In Sports Outreach. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray for us, serve with us, and to give. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks for your encouragement.